What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Richer Geek Podcast. I'm happy to welcome Ryan Giolito. Uh, Ryan is a CPA tax partner with Foley and Giolito, and I wanted to bring on Ryan because, you know, it's very important to know that um, you can't just have a regular CPA. You need, you need to have someone that wants to sit down with you and wants to uh, give you some advice and all of that. But uh, anyway, welcome, Ryan. How you doing? Thank you. Appreciate being here and being able to talk to the group listening today, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll give them some uh, some good tips with respect to their tax situation today. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, this is everyone. You know, needs a CPA. We talk about all the time. You know, I talk about having a team. Whether you're investing passively or you're investing uh, as a general partner or actively investing in different things. As soon as you start making any type of money, as soon as you start investing and you start diversifying, your um, tax plan and your taxes get a little more complicated. That's when, and, and correct me if I'm wrong or right, Ryan, um, once you hit a certain level of income or you start diversifying, you can't just hand in your taxes have them punch numbers and and give you, I, I think everyone's leaving a lot on the table, aren't they? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think it, it applies at all income levels uh, where we really start to see it uh, really matter a, a heck of a lot more as probably around, I would say uh, 325,000 of income is where the, the tax rates really start to go up significantly from there. So if your income's at that level or close to it, it definitely makes sense. If your income is below that, it still makes sense uh, in certain situations. So I, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're talking about, you know, what's what's one of the biggest problems that you're seeing? You know, when a client comes to you and you're looking back at some of their, you know, two or three years, uh, what are some of the situational analysis that you're finding? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, th there's there's lots of things that that we're uncovering. Um, I can go over, you know, things that are specific to to real estate and, and things that are not. Um, but typically, what we see is um, well, we see two opposite situations. You know, we see uh, someone that's that's almost too conservative. You know, they're not utilizing tax benefits that they could utilize. So that's more of like a conservative situation, too conservative. 
Uh, we see the opposite situation where somebody's being too too aggressive because they don't understand the, the tax law, and so they're taking losses they're not actually entitled to. So they they're putting some, themselves in an IRS risk uh, at that point. Yeah. Um, so those are a couple of the the initial ones that we see. And, and but here's the thing: is the CPAs are still doing those returns. Correct. Uh, CPAs and non-CPAs, we've, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, issues on different returns. We, re- we review a lot of returns from different providers every year um, just to make sure that people we're working with are getting the best advice and, and taking advantage of everything. And uh, we do continue to see across the board a, a lot of uh, issues with just not paying attention to the situation and, and therefore there's, there's mistakes there. And one of the differences that you guys have is I mean, you're not going to let your, if you see one of your clients saying, you know, doing, being overly aggressive um, in your yearly reviews and, and things like that, are you going to sit there? Or is it is it a CPA's job to say, hey, you know, I don't think you should be doing this? Sure. Yeah, you find a lot of CPAs handle this differently. What I've noticed that most CPAs do is, they have a style of their own that they like to reflect onto the client, which I think is a mistake because we do it differently. Uh, we know that there's going to be people that walk into our office that are conservative and, and then there's people that are going to be aggressive. So we know there's different types and there's everything in between. So what we try to do is we try to use our knowledge of taxes and the IRS and the tax law to identify what we think in our opinion would be somewhat aggressive or conservative. And it's not our job necessarily to tell the client that they can't take that position. It's our job to educate on exactly how aggressive and where it falls in the spectrum so that that client can make an educated choice. So we're, we're more along the lines of education and ultimately, you know, if it's your tax return and, you know, and you're our client, um, you know, you can take an aggressive or a conservative position that is in line with your line of thinking, uh, but we want you to be educated on where you're at on the spectrum. Yeah, you know, you know one of the things that I learned um, by having just a regular CPA, you know, I, I've been doing real estate investing for a long time now, full time, uh, along with having my license. And not once did he say, hey, you know what? You can actually become, uh, be considered a professional real estate um, person, you know, and put that on your taxes. Because, you know, there was this tax break for being a professional real estate guy. And, you know, for five or six years, I, I never knew that existed. And they never brought it up to me. Um, yep. You know, and that's, you know, money that, you know, was was potentially left on the table uh, for me. So do you guys look at the different uh, uh, careers that your clients are in and, and what they're doing? And, and do you come up with a plan? Do you, do you talk with them um, often and say, hey, you know, you might want to consider this or that, or did you know that you could do this? You know, are, are you active like that? Sure. Yeah, I, I think you know that that's one of the biggest differences that that we find between us and, and a lot of CPA shops. You know, a lot of CPA shops, you have to keep in mind they're running a, a very heavy volume of, of tax returns, mm-hmm. and their focus is getting those tax returns done. So, you know, the the critical thing to them is you know they want to to get the data in quickly, get the tax return done, and you know meet with the person to finalize it you know as quickly as possible. And so, under that 
system, you're, you're not going to have a lot of advice or a lot of uh, stopping along the way to think about things. Uh, on, the, on the flip side, what we do is we look at every return that we look at, we look at it from the standpoint of, can it be done better? Can the person's return that we're looking at, can they save money? Can they be in a better financial situation? Are they doing something that makes no sense to us? Do the numbers look weird? <laughs> so we look at all those things. And if we're looking at, you know, you mentioned an example of you probably being a real estate professional for those years. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're looking at your return and we see a lot of unused losses, that's one of the first things we're going to think is, okay, well, you're in real estate. You have a lot of real estate, looks like. You have a lot of losses. So what's the reason for not claiming the losses? So we, we do that type of analysis on, on every one situation that we look at. Yeah. And that is, to me, it's that's why you're part of the team, right? I, I don't want just a number cruncher. Um Anybody can do that. H&R Block can do that. You know, all these different things. You want um, a team member, someone that, you know, I go to Foley and Giolito, and now they're part of the family. They're part of my team. And you're looking out after me on how I can benefit the taxes, you know, because that's, I don't know anything about this stuff. I hated accounting in school. I hate it. Couldn't, <laughs> sure. couldn't stand it. Um I was more of an uh, economics guy, you know, and, and you guys do the credits and debits all backwards <laughs> from, from yep, what yep. I was used to. Um, so I don't know what I don't know. And I think most of the listeners out there, they just assume that the CPAs are looking out for their best interests. Um, Correct. Now they are holding probably a minimum amount of, you know, making sure you're not really screwing up. But I found that most of the CPAs out there aren't actually sitting down and say, hey, Mike, did you know that you can do this? Hey, Mike, did you know that you can actually deduct this? Or, or hey, we need to look, you know, when's the last time someone looked at our W-2s and said, hey, you know, you're um, doing the, you know, this all wrong with your, with what you're claiming. You know, I mean, no one's asking us, you know, and, and making sure we're doing this. So I think it's just so important um, that a CPA is just more than just a number cruncher. Um, now, For sure. you know, one of the things, how about um, some type of like a, a wealth or tax plan, you know, or, you know, the planning of the execution, you know, as far as getting something like that integrated, is that something that you guys do? Yeah, you know, I think that's probably the the biggest missing piece that I see is that you know a lot of people have a, a personal financial plan that they that they do with maybe a financial advisor or themselves, uh, but there's very little of you know little coordination of that plan if if there is one uh, with their tax plan, and they may not have a tax plan. You know that most people don't have one, and it's uh, it's somewhat ironic because as you become a, a higher net worth earner. Um, higher net worth individual and a high income earner, your taxes are probably going to be the biggest expense you have, uh, mm-hmm. more than your mortgage, more than your car payment. And so, you know, we see all these people, you know, planning for all these other areas. You know, you have a business, you you have a marketing plan, you know, you you um, you know you you do a budget, that's your spending plan. You know, you go to the grocery store, you do a shopping list, that's a plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, one of the biggest areas where you're spending the most money, which is taxes as a higher income person 
um, there's no plan. So, you know, that's what we help people do is, is really get a tax plan that coordinates with what their financial goals are. And when you put those two together, you can really make some magic happen. Now, give me an example of, I, I'd never heard of a tax plan. You know, I, I, I've heard of, well, maybe you should pay your taxes quarterly, or maybe you should do, you know, this or that. So what, what do you mean exactly with by tax plan? Sure. So, you know, what we do is, you know, one of the things that we do for a tax plan is, you know, we will at the end of the year, um, say, you know, October timeframe or November timeframe, mm-hmm. we will sit down and we will say, okay, for 2021, because we're in 2021 right now, uh, what will your tax situation look like when you file? And we will run that scenario uh, to determine if, you know, that's a good or bad situation. And so we may find that given the numbers, you have a very good situation, or we may find that given the numbers, you have a very high tax, potential tax liability. And the benefit of doing that before the end of the year is we can now suggest different strategies to you before the end of the year that you could do to lower that tax bill. Okay. And some of the ways, you know, that you do that, you look at um, deductible losses, you know, are, are, are they maximizing this? Um you know, not understanding loss limitations, even because um, mm-hmm. you know, claiming non-deductible losses, I you know, I, I can see it be a, a bad thing. Uh, yep. No, we we look at pretty much every strategy that that you can use to to reduce taxes. Um, you know, obviously within the law, you know, things that you can do legally to reduce taxes. And uh, we bring those to the table as potential suggestions to reduce tax liability. And then uh, we can run those scenarios and, and see if it looks better. Now, unused losses. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, how is there a time period where I have to utilize those or did they go the losses go away? Most most carryover losses will carry forward for a, a pretty long period of time, so there's not a, a super urgency to use them. Uh, but what you do want to pay attention to is timing, because if you fail to use them in the right year, then you could actually be costing yourself money because they may be more valuable in a higher income year. Sure. Yeah. And then given you know whoever's in the White House or if it's election year, um, you know you just never know. You may say, well. It looks like you're going to have a high income. It looks like maybe next year, you know, in a couple of years, taxes might be going up. So you need to utilize the losses now or take advantage of um, different things. Because I, I, I can't imagine with every four years or every couple of years with you and your CPA and the tax laws, I mean, it has to be like someone full time just to learn what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, there is there is a lot of changes going on. I mean, the 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 pace of changes has been speeding up rapidly. You know, over the last twenty years. You know, we, you know, before that, you, you didn't see you know changes, but once in every you know five ten years, mm-hmm. now you're seeing changes practically almost every year. So it, it's the pace is definitely rapidly changing, and uh, you're correct that timing can be a component of of the tax plan. You know, we can suggest different things to do at different times and. And the timing can matter. So for sure. Yeah. You know, I had some advice when I sold a complex about whether or not to do a 1031 exchange uh, to roll forward or just go ahead and take the tax hit. And, you know, so there's there's just a lot of different scenarios because sometimes you may sit there and say, hey, you know what, if you can't find something, 
well, the law is benefiting you right now and it's not going to cost you that much money. So go ahead and take a tax hit to offset because of the fact that we made a lot of money, you know, certain year. Um, yep. There's, there's definitely a lot of, you know, tax factors and then there's, there's non-tax factors too, to, to making some of these decisions. So um, sometimes, you know, the, the, the problem we see is that, you know, people are so focused on the tax that that's driving hundred percent of their decision where uh, really, you know, the, the ideal world, you know, you want to make the decision that's the best for you financially. And then we want to make the tax part of it work the best we can for you. And when we're talking about critical tax thresholds, you know, you know, you're talking about um, not paying attention if you put yourself over a different threshold. Is that you know what you're meaning by? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think whether people realize it or not, and I think a lot of people are aren't clued into this as well as you know we would be, you know, doing this every day. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of things happen in your tax situation when your income starts to change, and so you see, you know, tax rates on certain items start to change. You see additional taxes coming in at different income levels. Mm -hmm. You see deductions going away and credits going away at certain income levels. So as your income changes, all these things are happening. And so if you're not planning ahead and you just go into tax season and get your return done and realize that you lost a credit or a deduction that you could have prevented, you know, you, you could have prevented that with planning. Yeah. You know, that's, that's such a good point. Um, Cause yeah, I, I just don't think people realize, you, you know, you, you work, you pay taxes, you work, you pay taxes. And it's funny, everyone gets so mad at the high earners when they don't owe at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, not, I it's mean, not that we didn't pay taxes. It's that we have our depreciations and we can, it's, I always say it's like, Hey, you know, get a better CPA, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but talk to us a little bit about, you know, how is it that high earning people or families um, can do some critical thinking with respect to reducing their tax basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, yeah, they have some situations that are that are beneficial. Uh, you know, you, you'll notice most of the higher net worth families. I mean, they they own things that uh, you know that can be sold for you know lower rates. You know, you've got businesses and real estate and things like that, but. Uh, but I think you know it, it. It reflects the the basically the time that they spend. I mean, if you you know if you work with a good tax advisor on really planning out your taxes and spending time toward the focus of tax reduction, uh, you're going to get a heck of a lot better result if you actually put some mm -hmm. focus toward that. And, and that's what we do. You know, we try to we try to put 100% of our time and energy that we're working toward the goal of reducing taxes for the people we're working with, because we know that if we do that, if we put all that energy toward that goal, uh, we know it will happen. Yeah. And, you know, things like, uh, especially when you're owning real estate and things like that, you're able to accelerate depreciations and, and do all those things to reduce that basis. Um, yep. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's why I love real estate. Um, it's it's a good one. I mean, it you know it's it's part of it's it's definitely something that should be a part of most everyone's portfolio once they get to a a certain uh, income and net worth level. 
Yeah, because it's, you know, explaining the K-1s and everything, you know, that you get as a passive investor. You know, CPs like yourself, you, you take these K-1s, let's say someone has stocks, bonds, mutual funds, then they say, you know what, I'll go ahead and invest 50000 100000 into a hotel. And all of a sudden they get these K-1s. Sure. And so what does the K-1 do for a passive investor? Yeah, th this is actually a, an important topic uh, because what we find time and time again with with real estate investors is, you know, they get, uh, you know, they, they typically get some type of distribution from their, you know, cash distribution from their their investment, you know, whether it be quarterly or monthly, typically mm -hmm. quarterly. Uh, but a lot of people think that's the income you're taxed on, and it's actually not. That's just the cash that they basically, you know, some of it could be return to capital. Um, some could, some of it could be actually earnings on the investment. Mm -hmm. um, but what actually happens with the K-1, the K-1 is showing what your taxable income is from the, the reporting entity. So if it's a piece of real estate, you know, it's it's actually showing did that piece of real estate make any money uh, after all expenses and depreciation. So typically on a real estate investment, the nice thing about what you're going to see on a K-1 is you're going to see a loss due to depreciation. So you're going to actually not have any uh, taxable income to pay on at the same time, you're getting a, a cash outlay from your investment. So that's why real estate can be uh, pretty powerful for some. Absolutely. Um, talk about how long you've been doing this and your passion. You know, you're not just wanting to help people save money, and just do their taxes, but, you know, make sure they have a, a, a plan in place, you know, and we've talked outside of this um, and, and you're, going to be helping us a little bit, but why do you have this passion for helping people, especially with taxes? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I guess it's just a thing where, you know, I, I found myself in the position of, of having the skill set of being able to do this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we started helping people, you know, the last few years quite significantly on, on reducing taxes. And we just found out that, you know, that's a skill set that, that we're very good at, that we, you know, that we're very able to help. And so, you know, a, a lot of people choose their field, you know, not because it's the greatest, you know, money making thing that they've ever done in their life. It, it's to really help people. And so that's that's really why I'm in the field I'm in, because, you know, my my financial knowledge is, is significant enough to be able to help people uh, with reducing taxes and advancing their financial situation simply because I've been reading personal finance for, you know, over 20 years at this point. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, what kind of recommendations do you have for people like me, you know, other investors that are looking to reduce taxes? What else can you? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll give you, you know, some recommendations that I usually give to people we work with um, just at a general level uh, first. Um, one thing, you know, that, that a lot of investors probably should be thinking about is, you know, the first thing that, that you want to think about is, you want to determine, you know, how much cash you really need on the sidelines and how much liquid cash you have available to go and, and, and reduce taxes. Mm -hmm. And the reason you want to know that is because a lot of times uh, what you'll need, you, you'll need to reinvest in something uh, to reduce your taxes. You know, we, we talk to people all the time that, you know, they want to remain 100% liquid. And, and the first thing I'll tell you about that situation is, if you want to remain 100% liquid, there's a very good chance that no one's going to be able to reduce your taxes because you're not reinvesting. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that's the very first thing that uh, that I would recommend for for any of the real estate investors is determine, you know, how much cash you have available to really put toward that goal of reducing taxes. Uh, from there, you know, my second suggestion is work with some type of advisor on on getting a financial plan together, meaning that you know what do you want to invest in, what is appealing to you, what what looks good to you, you know, depending on how much you know uh, current income you need versus growth. Uh, that you know all sorts of factors will drive your decision to allocate assets to different sectors and different investments. So uh, work with an advisor there. Um, I say advisor, and, and I don't necessarily mean financial advisor. Um, it could be a financial advisor, or it could be someone else. But the most important part of that advisor role is you want someone that's that's independent. Um, so you don't want a portfolio manager, and you don't probably want an insurance salesman because those people are going to be biased toward allocating assets to things that they get paid for. Yes, <laughs> right? yes, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware, of, well aware of that. Yeah, so so we like you know independent advisors. You know that's one of the reasons that the you know the the capable CPAs are, are you know that their planners are very good advisors because they're we're completely uh, yeah agnostic to whatever you invest in it. We don't get paid based on that. So the CPAs are good uh, people to work with, and and the financial planners that really do financial planning, not an asset uh, portfolio manager, but more of a financial uh, planner. So those are good people to have in your corner there, and then. Uh, you know, once you get your your amount that you're ready to go and reduce taxes with, and you have your targets financially, you know, you want to basically target that financial plan and say, okay, well, this is what I'm looking to invest in. How can I how can I coordinate that with my tax strategy, and how can I actually invest in what I want to invest in, but also get tax benefits? Mm -hmm. And so, I think those are the three things I'd recommend. Yeah, and you know, it's it's so important, Ryan, because it's. You know, we first had a conversation um, prior to this meeting, and you know, for everyone out there that's listening, it's like, look, it, it's it's never too late, you know, but it's it's also never never too soon. Um, you know, for me, it's like, okay, we have a couple hotels, we have a bunch of single family homes, uh, we've had a lot of multifamily, we have all these different type of assets. I've uh, invested in different companies startups and I have no idea you know I, I don't know what I don't know so having you Ryan to sit down and say look you know here's some planning let's look at what I've potentially left out you know um, and, and not taken advantage of so you know your you and your your firm is something that we're going to go through and have this very detailed analysis on just giving us advice on you know what we've done where we've where we've come from and and basically maybe what we've left on the table because um, i have no clue right and you know that's why we need uh, professionals like yourself um so I appreciate yeah, that, yeah. you know. I think that's important. I mean, you know, like you like you explained earlier, um, you know, really the the goal our our goal is to be, you know, really kind of a uh almost like a silent partner along your side, you know, in the back office so that you can focus on your business and then, you know, we can we can kind of look at your situation together and and help move it forward, but that's that's always our goal is to help people in in that respect so they can focus on their business. And 
listeners can, you know, you, do you do consultations? You know, what, what is it like the first step? Um, you know, number one, how can people find you? What's your website? Sure. So we are on the web. Um, it, you know, our website is is just the uh, the www dot foley and that's f o l e y, and then my last name g i o l i t t o, and then cpa at the end dot com. So it's foley gialetto cpa dot com, and uh, they can they can read about us online a little bit there. They can also contact us through our website. So that's a good way of of getting a hold of us just to review uh, their initial situation. And uh, what we do is, you know, we do offer to review anyone's situation that's interested in potentially working with us for the future. Uh, we typically will review anywhere from one to three years of, of past tax returns. That's pretty typical. And if they're using an accounting system like a QuickBooks or anything like that, uh, it's helpful for us to kind of look at that and see how that matches up with the returns as well. And once you have a consultation, then, you know, you can hire uh everyone can hire your firm and then you know it just becomes part of that that partnership and part of that uh, ongoing um you know do you, do you usually do something like once a year you know kind of a sit down towards the end of the year or the beginning of the next year um, yeah we have we have several different options it it does depend on uh you know the different client we work with whether what their uh what their preference is as far as frequency mm-hmm. uh at a basic level we're we're obviously going to be talking uh during tax time you know that'll be the the very basic uh at tax time we typically talk about the past year but we also talk about the next year which which is something that a lot of CPAs don't do so we're always at least at a minimum talking about the past year and the coming year. Um, typically that's as far out as we get. And then it, we have some, some other offerings where we will talk to you more heavily in the fall, uh, do a plan then. And typically our focus is that current year. And then the following year, when we have those discussions, uh, we do have quarterly and monthly options. Those are available as well. Perfect. Uh, everybody, uh, you know, we thank Ryan for coming on. Uh, again, the website is fullygiolitocpa.com. And Ryan, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. And I hope uh, everything was helpful today. Feel free to, to get in touch with us if, uh, if anyone listening has any uh, needs that we can help with. Thanks for tuning in to the Richer Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichergeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you and thanks for listening.